today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Turn in your Bibles tonight to Romans chapter 1. We're going to be concentrating on verses 19 through 21, uh, but let's get a good running start because that's kind of breaking into the thought. Uh, Let's back up to verse 16, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The most wonderful thing in the world takes place the moment a person puts their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the mind of God, The moment we accept Christ as our Savior, in the mind of God, when Jesus died on that cross, we died with him. When Jesus was buried in that tomb, all of our sins were buried in that tomb with him. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead comes within our hearts and lives and it raises us from the dead. We become born again at that time and we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Haven, if you will, go to 2 Corinthians 5 17. 2 Corinthians 5 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God takes all of our sins. He throws them in the sea of God's forgetfulness, never to be remembered against us anymore. And he gives us his righteousness. The song says, I sure got the best of the trade. God took my sins and he gave me his righteousness. And that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come within our hearts and lives. And the first thing the Holy Spirit does when he comes into our hearts and lives, he binds up that sin nature. He binds up the cause of all wrongdoing in our lives. The sin nature is that proclivity inside of man that causes him to do wrong. And the, the, the Holy Spirit comes inside and binds him up, renders him ineffective, puts him in a state of remission to where he can't do like he used to do. 
and he stays bound up as long as we keep our faith in Christ and his finished work. And then, once the Holy Spirit has bound up that sin nature, the Holy Spirit has the freedom then to work within our hearts and lives. We'll start to live right. And that's what a Christian is. A Christian is one that's Christ-like. That righteousness will be revealed within the heart and life of the believer. If somebody tells you that they're saved and there's no change in them, something's wrong. You, you, you can't be a Christian and there not be a change. There, there is a change in that person's lifestyle. And it's not them turning over a new leaf. Well, I'm going to try to do this and I'm going to try to do that. It ain't got nothing to do with us trying to do anything. It's all the Holy Spirit within our lives giving us that desire to go to church, giving us that desire to read His Word, taking away that desire to drink, smoke, chew, cuss, <laughs> hang around with people that do those things. Uh, the Holy Spirit does that within our lives, and we should give Him the credit for that. And like I said, you'll be able to see it. But in the hearts and lives of those who do not believe, the wrath of God is revealed. If you'll look there in verse 18, Romans 1 and verse 18, he said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God has revealed the truth about himself. He's done it both through creation and conscience, which means that every single human being is accountable to God. But man doesn't want to answer to God, so he holds this truth down. He suppresses it because, like I said, he doesn't want to answer to God. He comes up with some big bang theory, says we evolved from monkeys and so forth, and all of it's just a big lie. The whole thing, it, it, it ain't nothing but a lie, and yet it's taught in our public schools. It's taught in our colleges, and people accept all of this stuff. It's been taught so much now that most people believe it. Even Christians are buying into it now, and they try to mix the Bible with it and try to make it work. There's no truth to it, none whatsoever. But this is just what man comes up with because he does not want to answer to God. And to be honest with you, true science has debunked the whole thing. True science proves that evolution cannot be. I mean, you can take a brand new car, park it out here in the field somewhere, and just leave it. Just leave it there. Don't touch it. Don't do a thing to it. Just let it sit right there. Evolution says if you leave it there, it will eventually evolve into a brand new pickup truck. That's what evolution says. True science says, and you know this to be a fact, if that truck, if that car brand new sits there, the paint will fade, the tires will dry rot, that thing will sit there and deteriorate away to nothing over a period of time unless there's an outside force that does something to upkeep it and keep it going. Actually, 
true science proves devolution instead of evolution. We devolve. There's a, a, a process of going down instead of a process of, of evolving and moving upward. But this is total stupidity that people, uh, that the minds of men have come up with. And like I said, it's all because people uh, don't want to give account to God. It's simply foolishness. And they had rather believe a lie than believe the truth. And this angers God. And like I said last week, that's the reason that I believe we have such an increase in weather-related disasters, earthquakes, diseases, war, famine. I mean, the list goes on and on. It is the wrath of God that is revealed against sin and men that just flat out rebel against God. All right, let's look at verse 19, Romans 1, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. I heard the story of a college professor who was teaching the Big Bang Theory and evolution. He went in to the classroom one day, and sitting there on his desk was a model of the solar system. He looked at that thing, and he was like, man, this is, this is excellent. Who, who, who did this? And nobody said anything. And he looked at it a little bit closer, and he said, my Lord, this is just absolutely wonderful. I mean, the detail of it and, and the time that must have went into this is, is the finest model I've ever seen. Who did this? And still nobody said a word. And he was looking at it and he finally said, well, I demand to know who did this. This, this just didn't happen. And finally a young man stood up and said, that's what I've been trying to tell you. It didn't just happen. You can't look at this creation and say that it just happened. There ain't no way. It just didn't happen. You can see it. You can look at creation. Common sense tells you that it just didn't happen. It just didn't come together on its own. There had to be somebody intelligent that put all of this together. All of creation, when you look at it, has design. And when something has design to it, that means there has to be a designer. And that designer, of course, is God. Actually, when you get right down to it, that design is God's signature that we see in his creation. But God has also manifested himself in the heart of man. He's done it through conscience. And that's God's signature upon the soul. Go to the second chapter of Romans, if you will. Let me show you something there. Romans chapter 2, move down to verse 14. Romans two fourteen. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience 
also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In other words, when people out here in the world that don't even know the Bible strive by nature to do the things contained in the Bible, that shows the moral code of God that's written in the conscience of man, and that makes man responsible. This is the witness. This is the evidence. It's not just all around us in creation. It's actually in us. And by nature, man is inquisitive. So we have a responsibility to look into what God has revealed. And God can be understood in the realm of his creation if we want to know. But all knowledge and understanding begins with faith. Let me say that again. All knowledge and understanding begins with faith. We can see that in a child. They ask a question, and they simply believe what they're told. Why? Well, they don't know any better. Their, their, their knowledge is very limited, so they just have to accept what they're told by faith. When it comes to the things of God, our knowledge is very limited, and we're just going to have to accept what God has revealed by faith in order to better understand. Go to Hebrews 11, verse 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3. All knowledge and understanding begins with faith. Hebrews eleven three says, through faith we understand. Look at that. There you have it. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear why in the world can't we believe what we're told when it comes to the things of god why is that people use the excuse and they say well you know god is invisible nobody's ever seen god and therefore god is is hard to understand well let's look at that for just a moment go back to romans 1 and verse 20 Paul dealt with that. Romans 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Invisible means that for some reason, you can't see something. For some reason, you can't see something. Now, all of you here in the church tonight, you can see me. Let's just suppose that the service tonight was going out over the radio live. The people out there in radio land, they can't see me but they can hear me. 
I can give them enough information tonight and reveal to them enough information of what I look like and tell them to meet me in a crowded parking lot somewhere and they should be able to take that information and find me in a crowded parking lot somewhere. And they've never seen me before in all of their life. How can they do it? Number one, they've got to have a desire to meet me. All right? Number two, they've got to put faith in what I have revealed about myself. And it's the same way with God. God is invisible because of the current conditions that we're under because of the fall. But he has revealed enough information about himself through creation, conscience, and his word. If anybody wants to know him, they can know him. But like I said, we've got to have faith in what he has revealed. Just because God is invisible, that does not mean that we can't understand him. The invisible things of God can be understood if we want to know. It's understood by the things that are made. But man simply does not want to believe what God has revealed, and that begins the ever-downward spiral of verse 21. Romans 1, verse 21. Paul said, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Deep down inside, people know that there's a God. The proof is overwhelmingly obvious. You can find some form of religion in every civilization that's ever existed since the dawn of time. There's just something, like I said, down in the heart of man that wants to worship the Creator. When you study these different religions, you'll find that they simply took what Moses gave they took it, perverted it, and twisted it into a God of their own making. Why? Why would they do that? Because they don't want the God of the Bible. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the God of the Bible? I'm going to tell you. There's nothing wrong other than God is holy and he's opposed to sin. And man wants a God that's going to be okay with his sin. That's why they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. They had the opportunity to know God, but when they found out that he was opposed to sin through the Ten Commandments, they didn't want to recognize him as God. They did not want to be held accountable to this God. They wanted to do what they wanted to do, and that's the very nature of fallen man. The emphasis becomes placed on self. 
We can see this in the story of Cain and Abel. Abel, he believed what God had revealed to his parents, Adam and Eve. He recognized his need for a Savior. He took a lamb and he offered it up on the altar, and God accepted it. Cain, on the other hand, refused to accept what had been revealed to Adam and Eve, and he said, I can make it my own way. I'm going to do what I want to do. So what did he do? He went and got his rutabagas and collards, and he brought them to the altar and offered them up. And God said, no, that's not going to work. You didn't do what I told you to do. God gave him a second chance, said, hey, if you'll go get a lamb and offer it up like Abel has, then I will restore you. We can have fellowship if you'll do what I've asked you to do. And instead of Cain being thankful for that second chance, he went out and killed his brother. Paul said, when they knew God, they had an opportunity to know God. They glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. The word vain means empty nothings. Empty nothings. In other words, their thinking became as empty nothings. Their thinking is twisted. It's all messed up. What's good is bad, and what's bad is good. Sound familiar? That's the reason the nation's in, its me- in the mess it's in right now. The thinking is all messed up. These are the bright minds, so-called, that we have up in Washington trying to run the nation right now. They can't, they can't even figure out right now that a man needs to go to a man's bathroom and a woman needs to go to a woman's bathroom and got to pass some law to say they're going to take all the funding from the schools if the schools don't allow a boy to go in the girl's bathroom just because he says he wants to be a girl. Do you want your child going to a school like that? That's the foolishness. That is the stupidity that we have making the decisions to run this country. Their minds is empty nothings. That's what the Bible says right there because they have flat out rejected the God of the Bible. They've made up a God of their own. And the Bible says that their foolish heart was darkened. When light is given... And that light is rejected, then that light will be withdrawn. Let me say that again. When God gives light, and He has given the light of Himself in creation and conscience, He's also given the light of His existence in His Word. That light has been given, but man has rejected that light. And when that light is rejected, that light is withdrawn. God is the first cause of all things. Evolution says, well, it all started with a cold cloud. Well, where did that cold cloud come from? 
Well, it was a bunch of molecules and this and that. And that. Well, where did the molecules come from? Well, there was a big bang. Well, where did the big bang come from? God is the first cause of all things. God said it, bang, it happened. There it is. That's it. I don't see what's so hard, you know, about that. But God is the first cause of all things. And if people refuse to accept that, then they are of the most foolish because this world just didn't happen. There had to be a creator. There had to be somebody intelligent that put all of this together. If you don't understand God in the realm of creation, you're going to have a hard time understanding anything else. Let me say that again. If you don't understand God as the first cause of all things, and you don't understand him in the realm of creation, you're going to have a hard time understanding anything else. But that's what we've got running the country right now. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.